When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Welcome, welcome. I'm here with Mandy Woodruff Santos. Um, She is an an inclusive wealth building advocate, career coach, and co-host of the popular podcast, Brown Ambition which you've had for seven years, which is pretty awesome. Um, She's a regular contributor to Yahoo Finance Live and her personal finance and career advice has also been featured on the Dr. Phil Show, the New York Times, CNBC, CNN, Business Insider, Essence, Teen Vogue, and US News and World Report. She manages her own multimedia brand offering financial and career guidance across many platforms. And she recently published her free online guide, called the Just Quit Toolkit, which has helped teach more than 2,000 people how to quit their way rich. Okay, very awesome. Um, So so good to have you here. I know we were talking before we started recording just about um, how important it is to have some professional branding. So tell us a little about, you know, kind of your background too, and then how, why you think that's so important. We'll kind of ease into that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that so many people, you know, I've coached like dozens of women, similar to probably how you have dozens and dozens of women. Uh, And so often what they're coming to me for is, okay, I'm feeling stuck at this career transition, or I want this, you know, I've been doing this and I want to do this. What do I have to do to get there? And what they're often like the story they're telling themselves is they kind of create this idea that, okay, in order to get that, I need to do I need to get this certification. I need to get this degree. I need to find a job in this field, X, Y, Z. And sometimes I'll like stop them and say, you should probably tell people that you want to do that thing that you only in your head, you know, are telling yourself that you want to do. And that is really what I think is holding a lot of people back. It's just the fear. And it it may not even be a fear that you're super cognizant of, but often when I ask, so who have you told about this dream, ambition, idea. Um, and who's telling you what you need to do to get there? Often the response is, well, me, I'm telling myself what I need to get there. And I've made this up and maybe they're like cobbling together. You know, you get your, you do your Google research and you think, and you kind of get it and you'll like, you know, stock a few people doing what you want to do and see what acronyms they have alongside their name. And then you kind of cultivate that story of what you need to do. And um, I just bring it back to, well, start talking to actual people. And part of that does come down to, I mean, I, we talk about branding and it, you know, it's like a big kind of cringy term, but really it's like, tell people what you want to do and then start to collect information from them on what it takes to get there. And even from those conversations, like opening yourself up to being helped 
by other people and you may get there in an entirely different way than you thought, you know, you needed to. Yeah, I get that a lot more. Um, a lot of women will come to me and they're saying, you know, I want to get my CFP, my certified financial planner um, certificate. And I, I have my CFP, so I get it because, you know, you're at this point in your career, you're as a financial advisor and you're like, I need to be more credible. And usually the, the reason behind that is because you want more ideal clients, you want more high net worth clients. And so you think, well, in order to get high net worth clients, if I have my CFP, then those clients or those prospects will respect me. They'll see me at a higher level because maybe I only have three years under my belt or five years under my belt. And now if I have those extra letters at the end of my name, I'll be able to attract those people. But then there's no actual marketing plan behind it. There's no actual way to attract them. And then people go get their CFP, which I did. And now I got a CFP. And for some reason, people didn't notice me. They still didn't like come knocking on my door going, Robin, now that you're a CFP, I really want to work with you and give you my millions. So you still need the marketing. And the CFP actually was nice. And it was like an accomplishment. I'm really great. I have it. I still have it because I I know it's credible, but it didn't get me the result that I ultimately want. So I think there's, there's like what you said, it's, I got to start telling people, but the, the actual certification is not usually the path that's going to get people to notice you. It's you starting to shout from the rooftops about what's important to you and who you want to help and how you help them and what's holding them back and the challenges they face in order to get them to notice you. So tell us a little bit about that, or maybe a story about someone that you worked with that didn't have much of a personal or professional brand and what they did, what, what, let's see as a woman, what she did um, yeah. in order to start getting the right clients and to, to build her career or business. Yeah. I mean, I also want to piggyback really quickly on what you said and just add that sometimes the thing that women especially can tell themselves that they need in order to get to the next level is a thing that can sometimes take years. And so that's where I start to, you know, I feel like it's, it's, it's totally a worthy goal. Absolutely. And you're right. Credibility is everything. And we should all be like building our expertise and building our repertoire and all of that so that you can build your credibility. But you know, if you say, okay, I'm going to go get this certification or go get this degree. And then you wait three years to then start like turning on the, the nozzle for actually telling people that you exist and helping people. Um, then you're kind of just even delaying your start. Cause like you said, you get the degree and that, or you get the certification and then you still have to tell people that you exist. So building an audience is so, so, so important. And that's a real key part of branding. So like establishing the fact that you have things to say, you have developed some thoughts, a point of view on a certain subject, and then starting to share that in whatever platform you choose, and then actually starting to build an audience. And then that audience, three years in, you know, I think it takes what, how many years does it take to get a CFP? It is three years. Well, yeah, you have three, to have years. three years of experience to even get your CFP. And yeah. it could take six months to actually, you know, go through all the coursework and then take the exam. It doesn't have to take three years, but you have to at least have three years as an advisor in order to get it. Yeah. I mean, you can probably put CFP candidate on your LinkedIn for the time being, and then just, you know, start establishing yourself, but yeah, building your own audience and taking ownership of the fact that you can find an audience. Like people will, if you have something to say, you know, part of like drumming up business is, is speaking to people and getting them to trust you and to listen to you and show up wherever you are. And maybe it starts with 10 people and then maybe it's 15, but that takes time. It takes so many years um, to build that audience. And it's, 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 you just don't want to hold yourself back from getting there. Um, I know you asked for like a specific antidote as far as, you know, building a brand from scratch with my, and I'll use myself as an example really quick because I'm on the spot and I can't think of a client right now, but I, I will. <laughs> you are your own client. That works. Yeah. That's I was my first guinea pig. When I launched Mandy Money, you know, the first thing I did last summer uh, was I had, an, I had an inkling that I had a lot to say on career and professional development. 
my background's not in HR. I don't have any certifications. I have uh, decades of experience and um, a lot to, to say on what had worked for me. And um, it was last summer that I was like, oh, I'm just going to post on Instagram and let people know, you know, if you want a half hour career coaching session with me, I, 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 I want to give back. I want to help you know, I want to, whatever value I can bring, I want to, I want to bring that value. And something just told me I needed to speak to people like my actual audience, you know, what are they going through? What questions do they have? Because maybe the insights that I have are not applicable to what people are going through. And in the first week I had 200 people, mostly women sign up for a free session. And then I, I think I finally finished those free sessions in January. It took me a long time <laughs> to get through them. Um, and so while I was doing those free sessions, I was doing like three or four a day. Wow. And then I had a consulting business. I kind of stood up uh, that was fine. Basically, I had a consulting business and that was what was enabling me financially to give away free coaching. And those months that I spent doing that free coaching, it helped me so much get to know my customers so well, understand what they needed, and then use all that information to then build out my eventual offering. So the Mandy Moneymakers coaching program that I launched in January, that was really born out of six months worth of conversations with women, especially women of color, as to what they felt they were lacking. And what I wanted to do was create the thing that everyone wanted and that I would have loved to have as I was coming up as a senior leader you know, um, in the fintech world. Yeah. And I think that that's, so you can look at that from audience building as a form of, as a way to build brand. And then I built so much trust and credibility with that audience. I didn't need credentials, but I gave them my time, you know, and I did give them value in those conversations, um, clearly because they came back for more and they signed up for the program and all of that. And that was all part of marketing too. And it was about building those connections with, you know, my audience. It's really similar strategy, even though it didn't sound like you meant this as a strategy necessarily. You didn't know you were going to get 200 people, you know, to, to jump yeah, in and want to talk to you. That was a little insane. But we we have a interview strategy where we talk about, I, I, I just like you said, I think it's so important to have something to say and say it. And everyone listening, you have something to say, you have an opinion. And if you're not sharing it, it's only because you're afraid of what people are going to think. You're afraid of the judgment. You're afraid of what they're going to say or how they're going to react or how it's going to you know, make you look and, and, and the risk that you're taking to put yourself out there, which is very, very scary for most women, but you have something to say. And if you just start exercising that like a muscle and like working your voice, then you'll start to, to create that audience, like you said. And so we have, and, and I believe that every woman that, you know, here's us should, should write a book because you have your story, you have the people you help. And the more you talk to these, let's assume women, these women again and again, like you said, you're understanding their challenges, you're understanding, you know, what they want, and then you can just create a result for them. And, um, so we do these book interviews and it's very similar, but with the intention of we'll go interview 100 women. And I like to say that the same person again and again and again, like a clone of that person. So if you know that you're best working with women of color who are going through a career change or whatever it is and help them to, you know, help them make the better decisions about their career and help them with their finances, then you can start to say, okay, like, how do I now find that person and go interview that person. And similarly, I mean, you were doing these free calls, but that's exactly what we do because then you understand what they want. And then you start to create those results. And, you know, for us, when I was a financial advisor, we were supposed to use the, the typical products, right? So the, re, the, the way to get them the results was life insurance or money management or financial, um, let's say college planning, that sort of thing. But what I realized talking to this, my audience, the same person, which was parents of young kids, was that the problem was more around communication, like how they talked about money and that they were getting in fights. And so I created a money coaching program because the 
vehicles that we were given in the industry didn't solve the problems. And when you really understand the problems, all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, hold on, let me back up a step. Like that life insurance product is great. That's great for them, but that's not really going to solve the problem they're telling me that they are aware of and that they have. And the more you understand that, then you can get creative and try to figure out how to how to do something, solve it. Sounds like you created a really great product or program that solved their issues, solved their problems. So that's really great. So what what would you tell them? Like if they're you know, uh, how, how do you cultivate that voice or how do you figure out like who your audience is? Do you have a way or, or like a system to, to do that? Yeah. Oh, a system, <laughs> a system is, you know, I do in Mandy Moneymakers, I have a whole session around branding and one of the assignments that I kind of give the women and they kind of look at me with big eyes, like, what are you asking me to do? Is I ask them to write down their personal story. Like what is your actual story? If you sat down and you were going to write down how you got from point A to point B, Z, wherever you're at now in your career and and in your life, your personal life too, tell that story. And I think so many women, we don't feel like our story has value or that we've done anything interesting or that we've done anything that would be applicable to other people. Um, And I think when you can sit down and actually lay out, okay, so here's how I got here and here is the strategy that I used and here's the approach that I'm taking to my, my finances or my career right now, that's a really good starting point because then you can actually start to identify with your potential audience. So you mentioned that early when you were starting your business, you were focusing on, um, or maybe you weren't focusing on, but working with families with children. Mm -hmm. So parents, Mm -hmm. that's a really, that's a target audience. Um, And myself as a woman of color, I have a small child and I also, um, and I almost had ended my career. My career is not over, but ended my corporate career um, about to be promoted to a vice president. So I really feel like my audience is senior leaders at companies who are, well, senior leader um, moving up into more senior positions or people who are striving to become a senior leader. So not not entry level. I'm not um, speaking to you know 19-year-old college students. I think that's amazing. And they tend to, they will find me, but my audience that I'm speaking to is like, women of color who are striving to um, to reach senior levels within their company and want to figure, not within their company, but within any company moving around. Um, and if they have a family, then even better, you know, because that is just my sweet spot. And they look a lot like me. And that's not a bad place to start. When you are able to, and what, what that allows me to do, because I am connecting with people who have similar threads to my own story, it allows me to be so authentic and to instantly make a connection. And for me, my relationships with my clients and with my audience are really, I don't know, they're, they're, they're personal. They feel meaningful. Like I check up on them. They check up on like the way we talk to each other is different to, I would think like a traditional, uh, like a business owner to their customers. You know, I, I, I reveal things about myself and that helps establish that rapport, that authenticity and, and especially as a black woman, you know, you move through the world in corporate America, not always feeling like you can be your authentic self or if you are your authentic self, because everyone's like, oh, be authentic. And do we, we want you to be you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you really don't. Because then once you start being a black woman with all that comes with it, then you become a problem or become too loud or too aggressive. You know, there's just all these stigmas. Um, but when I became more authentic with my audience, it only made things click. Like it only made it easier to sell, um, which wasn't my initial, you know, focus, but eventually now it's, you know, building up that part of my business, it is, it just made it, you know, it, it, I'm just able to be my authentic self in a way that I, I wasn't in corporate America. And the more authentic I am, the more I attract my audience to me. Um, 
So I would say starting with what's your story, writing it down, I think it's a helpful extra. I'm a, I'm a writer by trade. Like that's my background as yeah. a journalist. So I'm used to writing things down. But for a lot of people, when's the last time you sat down and wrote like a personal essay about yourself? But it's such a useful exercise. And I, I feel like getting through the discomfort of doing that, it helps you get over that, oh, that feeling that we can have of like, what I have to say doesn't really matter, you know, or my story is not that interesting. But like, you're going to actually turn yourself into a character in a story and you'll find that you probably are more interesting than you ever thought, you know, and that there are some common threads that you can look for in your target audience. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Because I think storytelling is everything. And I, I, I think what's missing in the financial industry is, is that personal brand. I mean, say professional, but I, I think of it as like the personal brand, like your story and people ultimately want to work with you. There's so many advisors, insurance professionals out there like that they can choose from. Why do they choose you? It's, it ain't your company. Okay. You might think it is because your company likes to tell you that because they want you to promote their company, not yourself because they, God forbid, you know, if, when you leave, they still get your clients. Right. But if you can start having your voice that starts with your story, which I totally agree with and sharing that, then you will absolutely resonate with the people like you. And I think that is a very intentional thing to, to start targeting someone like you. And that's very similarly, I did the same thing, you know, now, I mean, I'm not a financial advisor now, but I was, and often the stories that I tell are when I was a financial advisor and the struggles that I have or had rather, um, as a financial advisor, being in a male dominated industry where I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel like the the strategies they gave me, like talking to my friends and family and and asking them to sit down with me to try to work with, help them with their finances. Like it didn't make sense at all. I was a singer songwriter before that. So no one trusted me with that, but it was, (laughs) it's like the stuff that they told me to, to do. If you talk to enough people, of course, you'll make some money, but I was struggling for so long because it didn't work efficiently. And then this money parenting thing that I called it money parenting, which is like how to raise financially responsible kids by leading by example. And I started, I wasn't actually a parent, but I was dating a guy who had a kid and she was two and a half. And I was like tr- trying all these things with her, like, um, like, not just allowance, but things like that. You know, I had something called a goal thermometer where I'd like, you know, we do a shopping discovery trip instead of like, cause you know, you go to the store with your kids and they want to buy everything. And like, I'm like, okay, we start taking pictures, taking pictures of stuff. And then she'd have to earn it. And so I would kind of practice these things on Phoenix who now is my daughter, but she wasn't at the time we weren't married yet. Um, but I was sharing those things and sharing those experiences and, 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 and that's when people started to connect, you know, and now that I talked about when I was a financial advisor and the struggles that I had and what came up, obviously like so many women are like, yeah, I, I totally feel like that. So I think it's a great place to start if you're not sure like who you should actually, or, you know, I hate to say target, but who you want to work with, who you want to attract is to think about your story. And I love that writing it down. I was actually doing that this morning because there's so many different stories within my story and I have an event coming up. And so I was thinking like, mm-hmm what's the most relevant to them right now? Because most of the women that I'm really good at helping, like you said, you can help the 19 year olds, but the ones you're you know, really good at helping are a certain specific person. And the ones I'm, the women that I'm great at helping are financial advisors who are doing six figures already, but they got there by doing the old strategies that, you know, basically by pounding the pavement, waiting for referrals, dialing for dollars, all that kind of traditional stuff. And they still like, even though they've built a business now, if the market tanks, like they're going to have to rebuild it and they don't have the tools to do that because they just did it the old way and it's not really working anymore. And so I was thinking about how my struggle with that, you know, when I had hit a hundred thousand dollars and then the next year, I think I did like 500 in new sales. <laughs> like I still had some money on management and we were doing like Airbnb to just try to like get by, but mm-hmm. it's because I, I kind of got comfortable and I started coasting 
And then I wasn't doing proactive money-making activities and started to just like go into debt and all these things. Like after you thought you arrived, when you hit the the big target at that point was a hundred grand, you know? So um, all those things were coming up for me too, just thinking about what I went through and how, like what women might be going through now. And the more you share that, and just to go back to your point, like, um, you, you write it down and then there's little components. Like you can have a long, long story and just start to share little components on social media. And so many of these financial advisors will say, well, I'm not allowed to, well, go on your personal page and share it. It doesn't have to be about money. Just share your story because that's what people relate to so they can work with you. So, um, I love all that. And, um, it's, I love the idea of just writing it down and, and, and just capturing it without judgment too. And then just seeing like, okay, what can I share that might be valuable for someone and being vulnerable and authentic is great. Awesome. Um, what yeah. other, any other thing to share just, or advice to give, um, to these women before we close out here? Yeah. Well, I think when you say share a lot of people, they start to get nervous immediately. Cause it's like, and even if you only have like 12 followers or whatnot, it can still feel scary to say something out loud. Um, but it is like you said, I think you used the expression muscle earlier, the more you do it and do it when the stakes are low, do it before you have a large audience, before you have a lot, a bunch of partners, potentially like brand partners or clients, things like that. Do it while you're still practicing and get used to the sensation of putting like flinging thoughts and ideas and your face even and your voice out there into the world and getting that feedback. And yeah, there may be some trolls and some haters and I definitely get my fair share of them, but overwhelmingly the there's also a lot of great feedback and positive reinforcement out there too. And you have to also really be careful about cultivating your inner circle of, I mean, I kind of, I know the expression like personal advisory board is something that's used out there. And I talked to my makers about that, but, you know, being really thoughtful about who you appoint to your like inner circle of mentors. Yes. But also just like people that you can vent to maybe peers, people who understand what you're going through. And I know when I launched my business this past summer, I had to be really intentional about reaching out to peers, like reaching out to other people doing what I'm doing and not seeing them as rivals or competition, but seeing them as people who get what I'm going through and who we can exchange information and build those relationships. And I say the word relationship again and again and again, but that's such, it, it's like beyond the credentials, beyond a piece of paper. Like my clients obsess over resumes. I, I don't talk about resumes. If I thought about being a traditional career coach, I would have just done resume and cover letter you know, coaching, but that that's BS. That's not going to actually get you the opportunities. Sure. What will is those personal relationships. So um, me being intentional and yeah, doing the cold emails to people I hadn't talked to in a while. Hey, what you doing? I see you're doing X, Y, Z. That works. I mean, people want to connect. So being really mindful about who you surround yourself with too, um, because at least your inner circle, like you can rely on them for guidance, for support, to understand what, and to remind you that you're not crazy, you know, that you're not alone and you don't want to become isolated, which I think you've easily very well can become when you're out, when you're out launching your own venture. And you may not want to reach out to people because you see them as competition or like, oh, they won't want to talk to me because we're in the same state and they don't want me to come take their clients or whatever. But I feel like that mindset is only going to hold you back from building relationships that could be so meaningful and fruitful, you know, for in, in a number of different ways. There's, there's opportunities for everyone. And I guess that's just what I'll leave on is don't isolate yourself. Be willing to connect with people who are doing what you're doing. Don't see it as from the scarcity mindset of like, oh, there's only so much business for everyone. So I have to be really, you know, protective of what I'm building. You're never going to get to the next level. And you probably know this really well, Robin, like if you 
just keep yourself in your little, you know, corner and, and trick yourself into thinking that you can do it by yourself. It's just a thousand percent not possible. I love that. That it's really interesting because once you get to that point where you're in so much abundance, like you're not, you don't think about competition and you're not concerned about the other guy or whatever, like, which I'm sure I hate to say we've arrived. It sounds kind of stuck up, but like you, you get to a point where you just have seen time and time again, the more collaboration, the more in abundance, the the less I am concerned or, or scarcity minded about, you know, someone stealing my ideas or something like that, that it's just always working out. It's just, it's just more and more abundance. And, and then when I see that and I see, I mean, it drives me nuts when I see women competing or like negative towards other women. Like, I don't get it. We women have to stick together. We need it so, so badly. We need women to support women. And it's, you know, one of the reasons I want to increase the footprint of women in the industry to 50%, it's like 24% want to get that equity is because, is because women like, you know, the career women you're talking to, like need women advisors to help them who actually listen to them and nurture them and care about them and want to support them. And this idea of competition just kills me. And I think, you know, the women in my community aren't competitive at all. They're all, you know, sharing everything, but that's so important to, to have that abundance and have that community because we need it. And we need to support women. Like how, how else can we get to that point where there's true equity and not just, you know, with women, but with people of color, you know, and I, I can barely talk about that because I'm a white bitch, but like, you know, but I can support it, you know, and I, I joke about that, but like, I can support that because we need equity all around, but it's so important to support other people in, in regards to that, because it's just it crazy to me, like talk about cringing, like that makes me cringe when, when women don't support women, it's really, really tough. So I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that's a huge thing. Takeaway, be in abundance. You got to be in abundance and just expect everything's going to work out. Um, so cool. Tell them where to find you. Yeah. I'm at Mandy money on all channels. You can find me at mandymoney.com and check out Brown ambition, Brown ambition podcast. You can find us brownambitionpodcast.com and wherever you listen to podcasts, including this one. <laughs> awesome. And it's Mandy with an I. I'm sure they'll yes, figure Mandy. it out because you're probably all over the internet, but no, and you're Mandy Robin with, with a Y. So we both Robin with an I. Yes, for ourselves. Covered it. <laughs> thank you so much, Mandy. It's great to have you here. I appreciate it. And thank you to all the listeners here. Bye-bye. I actually have the link for the tag challenge, the appointment generator challenge. So instead you can just go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register right now so that you can get five quality appointments in just five days. Now, this is not around, you know, you having to talk to friends and family and get all awkward. This is not about you having to spend marketing dollars online or create a whole funnel. This is going to be easy. It's simple. It happens in five days. If I can get you five quality appointments in five days, then you know that you can have the best year of your life because you just need to get in front of more of the right people. We will walk through it together as we do it. So do not miss this. And if you can, if you're smart, do VIP, spend a few extra bucks and you can actually spend time with me on Zoom where I can connect with you, get to know you and really help you get those quality appointments so that you can grow your business. And um, go ahead again, register at femalefinancialadvisors.com. You'll find it all there. It's happening, coming up very, very soon. So make sure to register, claim your spot, get in on this, get excited about it, block your calendar because you need to spend about an hour to an hour and a half uh, a day with me on the Thursday, Friday Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so that you can get these results. And it does work. The most appointments I think we got in those five days, uh, someone, I think it was Dana, got 33 appointments. So you could be my best student and go well beyond the five quality appointments. Go to 10, go to 15, go to 20, and set yourself up for the best year ever. Can't wait to see you at the Tag Challenge. See you there. Thank you again for listening to Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.